This podcast is for mature audiences 18 and over and for entertainment purposes only. Please contact your healthcare provider before pursuing any of our topics discussed. You're listening to Eat, Play, Sex with Dr. Cat, the place to get play, sex, and nutrition talk straight to your ears. Hey, lovers, and welcome to another episode of Eat, Play, Sex. I'm your sex expert, Dr. Cat. Now, it's the beginning of summer here in SoCal, and these transitions into warmer temperatures can be both really exciting because we're reminded of all the memories of being little kids and ending school and running out and making plans with our friends, but it can also be difficult, especially when we think of our mental and our emotional health. Now, the beginning of summer can remind us of breakup season or how we don't have the swimsuit bod that we think we're supposed to have. And we just want to be outside in the sunshine, but we're stuck in the office all day. <laughs> Whatever it is, I feel you. And I also feel how this can impact us in our love lives and our sex lives. You know, maybe we're less likely to want to show up because we're not our usual sparkly selves. But if you don't follow me already on Instagram at sexloveyoga, get on there. I share with you daily on tips and tricks on everything related to sex, love, and yoga to help you get and stay aligned with your badass self. And this month, especially given all the messages that we receive around our bodies, I've dedicated this month to being the month of body love especially inspired by a Pilates class that I recently took where the instructor announced to the class, get ready for your swimsuit bods. And I don't think that she realized how shaming that is for our bodies. Yet, <laughs> I think we're, a lot of us are unconscious for the ways of the conditioning that this has created for ourselves. So check it out. Join our community. They're super supportive. And get inspired. Speaking of Instagram and the medicinal power that this tool can actually have, today I've got someone else who is incredibly inspiring as well. I actually came across her work after reading a comment that she wrote on one of my friends' another inspiring post on breakups. I've got the ultra-cool Olga Nadal with Divorce for Love here to enlighten us about ending a relationship from a place of love instead of spitefulness. Oof, really challenging those cultural conditioning around the word divorce. But before we get to Olga, lovers, you're the reason I, that I do this show. And I want to thank you for tuning in, for sharing with your friends, for telling me how this podcast episode inspired you. I love it. I've been getting epic feedback from all of you on the products that I love, that I use myself, and you love now too, because my goal here is to get you to eat, play, and sex better. And if you haven't already, please head to eatplaysex.com, where you can subscribe to the show, connect with me, and read more about how you can up-level your sex, love, and vitality. Yo, my favorite. Mew. All right, so let's get to this sexy guest expert here, 
Olga, welcome to the show. Hey, beautiful. How are you? <laughs> I'm so good. I'm just like I was. I was thinking earlier how I was going to introduce you, and I was thinking about how I found you, and I was just started creeping on your profile. I don't know if it's creeping. I think it's probably <laughs> work research. But I think it's I adorable. Love- Thank you. <laughs> I was reading everything that you were writing. I was just like, yes, and yes, and yes, and yes. And why can't other people feel feel this way? Mm, Thank you. (laughs) Olga is a divorce coach and the founder of Divorce for Love. And she helps people to get through the thick of their divorce process and into a fabulous new stages of their life. She's on a mission here to change the conversation around divorce and how we view divorced families, the kind of support that we offer to them and understanding that divorce is far from being a failure. And what I love about your work is how you really emphasize the how we divorce is what really matters. Precisely. And I'm so happy that you already nailed it in the head because That is the biggest problem. The problem is not that we divorce. The problem is how we divorce. And basically, A, we don't have a manual. Nobody tells us how to do it. And B, the only way that we do it is by replicating the models that we've already seen, which don't Mm -hmm. work because there's so much conflict, so many problems with the children. um, And then the the relationship is is affected. It's never the same. Um, But we keep on repeating that model because... A new paradigm seems like it's not there yet. However, and this is the part where I'm like, no, I'm going to spread this new message. There is, there is a new wave of divorces that are based on respect, that are based on honesty, communication. They have the best interest for themselves, their ex and their children. And they actually work pretty well. Like um, I, I, I tell stories about people who, didn't break the bank with their divorce. Like literally they just paid the divorce fees um, for the, for the court. Um, People whose children have a much better life now that they have a blended family or the two parents are separated, but they're happy. Um, All those divorces exist. They're already happening. And my intention, my mission is to make sure that people get to see that example too. So they can be inspired. They know that there is another way and they can go ahead and do it with their divorce. Um, My intention is not to promote or say that divorce is bad. I'm just saying you make the decision. But if you want to go ahead, here are the steps. This is the way the process can be really drama free. And this is how you create your new life. Wow. So you're really modeling for people a different way of seeing this word that has been conditioned into us to create shutters throughout our body. Absolutely. I think that that's the main problem. It's um, we and, and I, now I do my research, of course. And every time I read anything about divorce, like the other day, I opened a magazine and it said divorce is one of the most traumatic events. That's in every piece of literature about divorce. Oh. It's always as traumatic as losing a loved one, um, getting fired, um, your house getting burned down. I mean, getting a terminal disease is We're being told it's one of the worst things that can happen to a human, Mm. let alone to children. If you throw children in the picture, we'll talk about it later on. But then that's like, forget it. It's it's like annihilation. Um, So nobody ever looks at divorce like, hmm, this could be my opportunity to end a relationship in a loving way 
and then create life in my own terms. This could be mm -hmm. the parenthesis that I need in life to heal all the wounds from my past. Hmm. This could be the place where I get to start from a new foundation. We, we're not told that. We're told all the opposite. This is the end. We're never oh told God. this is the beginning. This is, this is your yeah. opportunity. It could become your superpower. You can really face all the fears that society has programmed into us. You can face them and then realize how much more confident, strong, and determined you're after. And then you can take on life. It's, it's magical. <laughs> Oh my God. Olga, I want, you, I want this to be the like pop up first in my Google search for a divorce. <laughs> like, <laughs> this description right here. But instead, I get, you know, like the top 10 things of the, that, the worst things that can happen or like the checklist to avoid this to happen and kind of thing. But here you're like, hey, you know, if, if this is a part of our life, stage, you know, this is something that we're entering into. We still have the power to choose how it unfolds. Exactly. And, and it's very important that we emphasize that if this is what's happening to us, because right. I think that people don't realize it's so common to me. It's actually the natural evolution to many, many, many relationships. Is that, is that the end? And there is no shame. There is no guilt. There shouldn't actually, there shouldn't, but we, we place it on it. And if you sign a contract that somehow implies that this is forever and then you decide to break it, there is even more judgment and more criticism. But that's the part that I think that we need to change already. It's we need to accept this could happen to me. And if it happens to me, how am I going to handle it? But it's one of those questions that nobody asks in their wedding day. Nobody wants to talk to their spouse. Like, what will we do if one day we look at each other and we say, there's no more love here. What do we do? Mm -hmm. And I feel that up until this point, there's been such a almost glorification of staying it, sacrifice your happiness, mm -hmm. just do it for the children, do it for whatever. And there hasn't been even the, the contemplation that, no, actually, let's, let's look at it. Let's honestly say, let's find a way to do it. And that's where I come in and I say, absolutely, there is a way. Look at it. This is how you do it. It's actually not that difficult. Um, but you do have to work on all your ego and the preconceived ideas. And, but to me, that's, again, that's the beauty of it. Like you get to work on yourself. You get to do the inner work that you may otherwise not do it. Wow. So as a catalyst for you to look inward and be like, hey, what could be contributing or what could be going on here? Absolutely. And then mm. your next relationship or relationships or oh, they come from a much different foundation. You know who you are, you know your boundaries, you know how to, com how to communicate. Um, I always think that people who married and divorced, they are the, the smartest, the wisest, if, if they took that opportunity mm -hmm. to work on all their patterns, to get that mm -hmm. to their subconscious. If they didn't just blame the other person and said, oh my gosh, I got it screwed. If you were like, Okay, let's take responsibility for this. What mm -hmm. happened? Oh, I think it can be beyond transformational. It's, it is a catalyst for a super you, really. Well, I really like that. You know, that's something that I look for in potential partners too, is when I talk to them about their past relationships, um, the way that they describe how it ended or the way that they describe their former partner says to me a lot about what they've how they have uh, taken responsibility and how they have grown since then. Yes. Yes, exactly. Yep. hundred percent. Yeah. 
So I, it, I'm sure a lot of our listeners are, are listening to this and they're like, okay, so I see divorce for love as choosing to um, take ownership, to look at our own part, to um, you know, collaborate and navigate together. But what if one of the partners doesn't want to divorce for love? Say so you want to, you're like, yeah, let's do this. But the other one's like, no. Yeah. Uh, which is usually the case. I mean, it's very rare. <laughs> it's very rare that the two of you wake up the same day and go, that's it, right? We are done. Very, very, very unlikely. Um, but, <laughs> but what usually happens is that um, they come to me. It's usually tends to be the person that wants to do it. Um, they just don't know how to. And I've been sort of telling them, yep, it can be done. So they come and a lot of the work that we do is first of all in being 100% sure that this is what you want to do because I tell my clients it's not going to be a walk in the park I mean it's going to be things can get really intense so you really need to have your why very secure and know that you're not going to back down then you're just Mm -hmm. the process is not going to be completed so we first look at their story their beliefs their programming and then we look at their partner and we work together we use a lot of um, psychological tests and we, we talk a lot about how they do conflict, how they argue, because then what we're going to be dealing with is a process riddled with conflict. So we need to already find the strategies to make sure that they never reach that point where they cannot talk anymore. So we do a lot of analyzing the way they fight, quotation marks, and, um, and then we come up with a strategy where, and it's magical because once you've worked on yourself, you've left behind so much of the bitterness the anger, you, you've already taken responsibility. So when it comes to talking about the other person, they already talk way differently. They already have more compassion for them and more understanding. So then the third part, which is the completing of the process, is the, okay, then let's talk to this other person, which is where the process begins, when you start having the conversations. And I've mentioned it in my Instagram, that it's not one conversation. It's many, many conversations. And this is where I feel you can be the most loving and generous by giving the, the other person as much time as they need to process, try not to rush them, but keep the conversations happening. But again, mm-hmm. you need to know how to do conscious communication. You need to know how to get your point across to somebody who doesn't want to hear it. So we mm-hmm. work a lot on that. I teach a lot of skills and NLP, and we, we go into how to deliver the message. And then once, yeah, because yeah, that's kind of the foundation. And then once the other person is, is willing and ready to hear and receive the message, then we start the negotiation process, which again, I don't do it from a legal perspective. I do it from a loving, let's, let's go down to the basics. What is really essential for you? What can I live without you? What is it, the assets, the, the custody that it's a total, no, I will not go past this line. But everything else, let's work on sort of removing the emotional attachment to all those things that again, can keep you stuck in the process and they don't really matter. So what I want is for my clients to sit down to negotiate and just try and find a win-win for both parties so the process can end as soon as as happily as possible. And then once you do that kind of divorce where everybody has been able to sit down and talk about things, then that's, that's the magic. Then you start a new life with no baggage. There is no drama from divorce. There is no trauma that now you have to go and work on. Because a lot of women, um, I found out, was they did their divorce, whichever way they possibly could do it. 
but then they spend the rest of their lives regretting the way it all went down. If the people oh. who spend seven years in court, in court or $20,000 in legal fees, and then that's a burden that they have to bear. And I, I say, if, if you don't put that trauma into your life for you or your children, then there is nothing after that you have to deal with. Then you're completely free to start your life from zero with your dreams, your ideas. And it's um, to me, that's where the magic really starts. Yeah, yeah. It is, I like to let people know what the process involves because that's another big misconception. Like we were not told, we're kept in the dark. Um, I remember and what you were saying before about you do a Google search and it's all horrible things. That's kind of what started my, my desire to change the paradigm was that I went to Google, uh, sorry, to YouTube, um, the place to find the how-tos, uh, trying to find an answer on, okay, how to do an amicable divorce and how to do it, you know, how to, how to tell him, blah, blah, blah. And same thing, it was video after video of people in distress, crying, so upset, saying how life was ruined with divorce. And I was like, "Um, no, let me put pictures of me and my kids in Hawaii and (laughs) show you how it can be done a different way. (laughs) Yeah. And so what I'm hearing from what you're saying is that this is something that you've gone through. So you can really hold people's hand and be like, hey, like I am a walking permission slip for you that you can step into this type of uncoupling as well. Exactly. Because when I started this, I thought like, well, I didn't have any qualifications for that. Um, I mean, there is not a school for divorce. At that Um, time, yeah. So I I felt a little bit like, um, how am I going to prove this concept? Like I I was already proving it with my clients, but you have that hesitation thinking, you know, the imposter syndrome, like, what are really my qualifications? And despite I had to know my, all my training for coaching and um, you still feel like, well, the real permission sleep is, this is me. This is what I did. I actually mm-hmm. left our marriage. Uh, we've been together for 15 years. It was a really pleasant, lovely marriage. Um, but it got to a point where I was uh, beginning to lose myself in the relationship. And um, I just wasn't, I wasn't ready for it. I wasn't happy. I didn't want to, I felt like I was settling um, and that I did, I needed more from um, the love of my life. So I, obviously this was the kind of conversation that took many, many times to sit down and discuss because he wasn't ready for any of it. Um, and things could have ended up really badly, but I kept going back to my, it was my commitment to divorce in a loving way um, that I was able to finally uh, put it across to him that this was going to happen and we just had to find the best way to do it. I work with coaches myself to find my way. And then we were able to sit down and now we have the absolutely best relationship ever. Like he literally lives next door to me. The kids see each other every time they want to. Um, we talk about everything. I, I drove into the airport the other day and um, no, it's like, the best relationship and I, I will be so devastated if this man that I spent 15 years with now will be a complete stranger or even worse somebody that I can even talk to when dropping the kids off and um, mm. I, I actually think that I could have ended up that route if I hadn't taken control of the divorce and said no 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 let's, let's keep on taking time out and let's keep on talking about it but let's mm-hmm. move in this loving direction. How were you able to maintain that image of love 
throughout the process. Because for some people, and and I know this in my own practice, is that they will change the image of the person so that it's easier for them to to move off or move on if they hold like a negative image. And they're like, oh, he well, he did this, this, and that kind of thing. Right, right, right. I see what you're saying. Um, I think that's a, a defense mechanism that we use plenty of us. And, and I kind of felt that way. Um, I was starting to find even the, lit, the little things really, really annoying and irritating. Mm-hmm. And I, I will argue with him. And, but that's when I think that doing the inner work at the same time is very powerful because I wasn't just blaming him and then going, you see, it's all his fault. I was then looking back at me and going like, what is wrong? Why are you getting so upset about these things? And then I started looking at myself and going like, well, it's because I'm not following my creativity. It's because I'm feeling stifled in the marriages. So then I was able to detach all this negativity from him and just understand I'm, I'm only seeing the negative on him right now because I see him as um, something that is sort of hindering my process. But what I have to do is to, in a very respectful and loving way, tell him, I need to leave. Um, that doesn't mean that I that you're not a loving human being, but this is just for me. That's the whole premise of divorce for love is because you love yourself and you say, I'm sorry, I'm giving way too much of what I can. So if you start putting, again, the responsibility back on you, I think that you let the other person get off the hook big time. And, and a lot of it as well that I recommend, especially when you know people are dealing with a what they like to call these days a narcissistic ex. Um, mm-hmm. I tell them, you know, like you, you really got to understand that he doesn't want to let this go. So you got to have a lot of compassion for this other person. Every time that you feel upset, irritated, like really bring it back to, well, I am ruining his dreams of a family life too. So mm-hmm. it's, it's something that a lot of people don't want to hear because it's so much easier just to blame the other person and criticize them and tell them how they fail you and wanting to change them. But um, I think that we are at a point in, in the history of evolution where we, we are changing and becoming humans that can actually take the criticism and say, or, or, the, or the self-reflection and say, okay, I've got my part of, of saying mm-hmm. this. Yeah. 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 And not letting it just be a cop out and to just like blame them and say that they did the whole thing. Exactly. That, that's the easy path. That's why a lot of us uh, take it. And, and yeah, and I feel as well that that's the problem with society. Like we accept that kind of behavior, like, well, they're breaking up. So of course we're going to all go and say what an idiot he was. But I think that more and more we should try and um, make sure that we all agree to, uh, I don't want to sound too woo-woo, but to a script <laughs> of love, you know, can we still love? You know, we don't have to live with that person, but can we still find the things that we loved about them? Like to me, oh, it's mind-blowing yes. how you just throw everything out the window when you separate or divorce. Like there's still yeah. amazing human beings. We just may not want to be under the same roof, but try and find something, something that you still can love that person for. Yeah. Oh my God. I love that. I'm just, (laughs) I'm just feeling that. I mean, I oftentimes, you know, if I get irritated, I'm like, you know what, this is just a human who's also trying to figure everything out and just trying to get by, you know? So I hear these mantras that you're saying to help you get unstuck from negative processing of like, okay, like, 
I don't agree with you. And <laughs> I'm sure there's something there. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's, and, and that's where I mean, like, it can become your superpower because if you're mm-hmm. able to do this mm-hmm. with a person that you're having the most of an emotional attachment, imagine what you're going to do when you go to your office and Susan tries to trigger you, but you're like, oh no, Susan, I get where you're coming from. You're not going to get to me. You know what I mean? Then you, you can send uh-huh. love to that person and move <laughs> on with your life instead of a, a starting drama at the office, drama with your yeah. children. It's, it, uh. Yeah, it's, I think that it's, it's work that everybody should do. Whether you need a divorce <laughs> to do that work or not, that's debatable. <laughs> <laughs> everyone, everyone on board. <laughs> Come on, let's all be better humans. Get divorced first. <laughs> Right. Oh my God. We should tell that person who honked at me in the car this morning. <laughs> Just have compassion for me. Exactly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh my God. So, so as you're describing this, uh, this new way of, of, uh, you know, conceptualizing your partner, your, your soon to be former partner, mm-hmm. what would you say people should absolutely not do when they're going through a divorce? Like, do you have a few tips where you're like, make sure you don't do this? Oof, good one. I should come with a list. Um, <laughs> okay, Inspiring first, your next post. <laughs> that's exactly what I thought. I was like, ooh, next post, what not to do, five things. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I, I always like to work in an um, individualized approach. Um, like, so for each client that comes to me, the first session is all about hearing, hearing what they're saying with the words and what they are not saying with the words. And then I can specifically for each person say, okay, I suggest that you do this. I suggest you stay the hell out of that kind of behavior. But um, in general, like I was saying before, um, just try, do not go into the hatred zone. Like do not try try as hard as you possibly can to be very aware of every time you get triggered, every time you're about to have an argument, just take one step back. Just Mm-hmm. If you can find the love, then find a breathing space and go there. Um, just disappear if you need to. But um, I, I recommend to everybody, do not escalate things. Um, mm-hmm. you, you're going to need all your strength. And um, if you start having arguments about the little things and you blow it out of proportion, then that's a huge no-no. Because mm-hmm. you're going to be exhausted by the time you have to start the, pro- the real process. Um, mm-hmm. So that's definitely a big no. Another big no that I have... I end up telling a lot of people is do not listen to those who haven't done it. And that's 99% of the people who are giving them advice. Like if, if you want to do a divorce with love, then talk to me and listen to me. (laughs) (laughs) Listen to, you know, uh, Sally who is hating on her ex uh, that they divorced 16 years ago. Don't, you know, Mm -hmm. And, and I know it seems like, well, but those are the only people that are near me. But that's not true nowadays. You have this podcast, you have my Instagram, you have a whole, there's so many incredible, incredible people out there on social media these days trying to spread the message that you need to hear, not the Mm. one that we've been told. So just connect with those tribes. Seriously, Mm -hmm. like you find a podcast like this, subscribe and then follow everybody that comes into your podcast because I think that those are the, the only ideas that we should be paying any attention to but do not listen to those who have not done it they're in um, miserable marriages but staying in them 
or those who haven't done it, but in a pretty dramatic way. Yeah, that's, mm-hmm. those would be my two no-nos. <laughs> <laughs> it's like your best friend who can't hold a relationship and they're telling you <laughs> how to hold one. Yeah. <laughs> no, sister, don't go to that one. <laughs> don't go to that. <laughs> that's really powerful. The, the, and it's, uh, you know, there's a difference between having your support system and allowing yourself to vent versus allowing yourself to take in their projections of how you should be acting acting, which is not you and not who you want to be. So letting imprint these uh, other models per se. That's so beautifully said. Um, That's exactly what it is. You can have your support system. We all need that person that can give us a hug, can help us out with the kids if we can handle it. That's, that's beautiful. And for that, you know, yeah, take the closest humans around you, but then you should also have your advice support system, the people who are going to inspire you, the people who are going to give you even tools that you can apply on every day. Like I I try with every single post I do, I try to give like even an an inkling of of an idea, of a suggestion on how can you do this better? So Mm -hmm. those are the people that, yeah, you know, go to some, your support group for affection and emotional support, go to your advice group for ways on how to do it for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. And speaking of that, I know a lot of people, uh, including my own clients and and people who reach out to me, ask me more about, um, they worry about the effects of divorce on their kids. Mm-hmm. What, yeah. what can you say to that? This is a huge one. And again, yeah. um, I think that you need to talk to somebody one-on-one uh, because it depends a lot on where your children are. Um, this is mm-hmm. sort of a blanket statement that I do. It's not backed by any scientific research. I wish it was, <laughs> but this is just based on my experience. I feel that children before the teen years um, handle divorce way better. I mean, some of them, absolutely no problem whatsoever. Um, if, if you are doing it even early enough, where they don't really have a recollection of what it was the family life, then they just don't know anything different. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, I do say, you know, if your kids are entering their teen years, it's going to be harder on them. That's why I advise to be even more careful with the kind of interactions that you have with your ex because they are watching. And this is the biggest problem. It's not so much that they're pissed off about your divorce. It's that they're pissed off about life. I mean, they're just at a very angry point in their life because they're trying to make sense of all the changes that are happening to them. And if you throw on top of that another change, they're not going to react very positively. Having said this, um, I don't want people stopping um, to fulfill their their dreams because they think that it's going to affect their children. Um, Because I keep saying, Divorce does not have to affect the children. It's not the divorce. It's the parental conflict that has the most traumatic effect on them. So if you can have a divorce, which becomes a pleasant um, transaction, um, if we can call it that, but it ends up being something that they do not have any recollection of anger, of um, disagreements, of um, judgments, if the parents were bickering, they're just going to understand that the new normal is the new normal. And now they have two mm-hmm. households. Um, they may have a new mom and a new ma- dad. They may have a stepbrothers, sisters, but they can understand that. What they cannot understand, it's um, the model of two people who supposedly love each other are 
at each other's throats. That's yeah. where they get really confused. Um, and mm -hmm. if you throw that to a teenager, then he's going to internalize that as it was their fault, blah, blah, blah. So I do say be aware of it. And that's why I, if anything, I encourage people who are thinking about it, but they're like, oh, I'm waiting until my children are older. Well, unless you're going to wait until your children are, I don't know, 40, <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't wait because, you know, it's, um, do it, do it earlier. Cause it's also the energy that you're projecting. Even if you are, if you think that you're bottling everything up inside of you, your kids are watching and they know when yeah. their mom or the dad is happy or fulfilled. And, um, mm -hmm. again, you're, you're sending them a, a very confusing message about love that then they're mm -hmm. going to carry into their relationships in the future. Mm, I love that because we have to remember how we're modeling for our kids, not only how to treat one another, but what it means to be in a relationship, what it means to navigate difficult times because relationships have difficult times. And yeah, like you're saying, you know, if we, if we stay in a relationship where the love is, you know, where it's not working out, it exudes out of our body. Like you said, it doesn't stay in our heads. And so kids are so sensitive. They pick up on that. They absolutely pick it and then they adopt it. And then when they yeah. get to their grown up life, then they have all these messy relationships and they wonder, but why am I attracted to somebody who doesn't fulfill me? And it's like, oh, that's because deep down my subconscious while I was a kid understood, <laughs> oh, people who love each other do not talk to each other because that's what mm -hmm. my parents do, or they ignore each other, or they yell at each other. Um, it's, it's something that just gets so deeply ingrained inside of your system that later on, you're going to have to do the work to release all, the, all that programming. So I say, don't do that to your children. You know, that's, that's where I show my love for my children, not staying together in a relationship that doesn't fulfill me. But by saying, this is how you become a, a human being that can handle difficulties and still tries to um, be, take decisions based on love. And mm -hmm. whatever life is going to throw at you, know that you can be okay. That's, those are the kind of lessons that I want to instill in my children, um, not mm -hmm. the stay in it no matter what. I mean, I still don't understand who gave us this idea that we get brownie points or something if you <laughs> do end up married for my entire <laughs> life. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what's brownie points. Yes. Was that, what was that from? Was that like from Girl Scouts or something? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> it better be gluten-free and vegan. I'm <laughs> just saying. That's the one. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So... <laughs> wow. So, so then going through the, the, the process and, and keeping in mind to constantly choose love, choose love, choose love. I would wonder as you're transitioning out of that, you know, moving, moving on with your life and moving on to dating and moving on to other relationships there, <laughs> you were talking about programming earlier, conditioning earlier. And I wonder, you know, are there these social rules or social conditionings that we have around um, getting back into dating that might be influenced? <laughs> Do we have another she hour, my that. dear? <laughs> <laughs> All right. I have my pen out. I have my paper out. I'm ready to take notes. <laughs> yes, yes, take notes because this is a book uh, all on itself. 
Oh, yes. are you announcing that you're writing a book? <laughs> oh, well, if you ask me, Dr. Kat, I'll start typing right away. <laughs> Perfect. I'll send you the transcripts. Perfect. <laughs> but, uh, but yes, coming back to business. Oh, yes. Dating after. Well, again, that's a huge, huge obstacle. Like the number of women that I talk to that are like, yeah, I want to do this, but I'm so afraid that I'll be alone. That's the, mm-hmm. I mean, there is not even a, a general preconception of, well, it could be hard. It could be, you know, a little bit of a shit show or whatever. No, no, no. It's like, no, it's just not going to happen. You're going to end yeah. up alone. You're going to be damaged goods. I mean, it's just horrible. Even saying those things really ruffles my feathers because it's BS. And it's so unfortunate that people are buying into it. And um, they really think that they're going to be too old or too, you know, you were talking about um, body shaming before, like their bodies are just not attractive enough. And, and it's just mind blowing how you can have these gorgeous humans stuck in relationships that are draining the life out of them. And that, you know, if you just stepped outside of that, you'll be glowing, you'll be radiant, you'll be the youngest human out there. Like uh, people, you'll have to fight men or women of you um but they can't even get there because they can't believe it and that's another part that i'm i'm trying to to show how i mean i want to start doing examples of all the women that are rebuilding their lives with these incredible relationships and it's not just because they are attracting fantastic men or women into the life it's also because they've done the work to not appreciate those men which they may not have been able to do with their first marriage because hey we weren't that evolved. We hadn't done the work. Now you've done the work. Now you really appreciate, you drop expectations and instead you offer gratitude. And uh, the kind of relationships that come out of that, oh, incredible. But yeah, unfortunately, we need to put the word out there that it's dating is so much fun these days. <laughs> you make this sound like so much fun. <laughs> I'm like sitting here. I'm like, okay, our topic of today is going to be about divorce. Okay. Getting ready. And then I turn on the camera to, to, uh, to welcome Olga on and she's wearing these pink kitten ears on her head. I'm like, oh, this is going to be fun. (laughs) Well, every, every divorce specialist needs to wear one of these. (laughs) So before you go into the courtroom, before you meet your lawyer, wear your kitten ears. <laughs> Brownie points if you have a tail. <laughs> this is, I'm going to rename, instead of divorce for love, it's going to be divorce for laughs. <laughs> Let's just have a giggle with this process, people. <laughs> oh my God, you make it so accessible. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you. That's that's the idea. Like, I just want to normalize it. And um, I don't know if you saw my last post yesterday. There was um, a, a lovely DM from somebody telling me to stop spreading my message. Like, literally. Oh it wasn't like, I don't agree with you. You know, you could uh, go to hell or whatever. It was more like, you really need to stop doing this because you are making divorce too glamorous. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. I was like, <laughs> Okay, my dear. And once again, you know, now I have all these skills and all these techniques to not let that affect me one bit. Um, just try to say like, okay, the, the actual point that you're missing is that I'm not glamorizing divorce. I'm making it very normal. I'm normalizing it because mm-hmm. there is so much negative bias against it that people are literally incarcer- incarcerated in their own marriages, but they can't see a way out because it's so negative. 
What I'm trying mm-hmm. to say is like, hey, it's something that you may have to face in your life. It could be hard or not. That's your choice. Um, let, me, let me show you how we can make the process a little bit better. Um, but do not think that by any means, if you have a happy marriage, looking at my pictures are going to make you go, oh, now I want to divorce. Divorce sounds way more fun. <laughs> you know but but it is for the people who are going through the process thinking about the process and who are scared out of their minds it's for those people to say it's okay babe you know we got you let me show you how there is another way that's all yeah yeah Yeah. and so so when we're entering back into the dating world and of course we're seeing ourselves as, as this particular image i wonder are there also I don't know. I think of like these social rules or, or dating faux pas that you, after divorce or time, I don't know, time management or, um, not management, but timelines, like I'm, you're supposed to wait three months after divorce or I don't know. Is there anything that's like that out there? Um, again, it depends on who you talk, uh, me, I'm going to say it one more time. It's not one size fits all. So I'll talk to you. I'll see what kind of personality you have. We'll see by the end of the process, you'll get a better idea of where you are. I mean, like at the beginning of the process, you may be thinking like, oh my gosh, I just can't wait to divorce so I can go out there and burn this town down. But then by the end of it, you're like, I just want peace and quiet and solitude, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Or the other way around. You may think I'm never going to want to be with another man or woman. And then the, the process ends. People start hearing that you are divorced. They start knocking on your door and you, you know, <laughs> where are you want to insert I heard you're single. <laughs> Here's my number. They come out of the woodwork. <laughs> so, so where did this guy come from? Yeah, it's like, uh, well, hello. I haven't heard from you in 15 years. <laughs> But, um, That's really interesting because, you know, in a previous episode that I did with Adam Roa, we talked about um, conscious uncoupling mm-hmm. and how to, you know, break from relationships through choosing love as well. And that was one of the, one of the things that he said was being in the relationship for so long, he had built this unconscious safety, you know, and where he was projecting this sense of safety to everybody. So everybody saw him as a neutral being but once they split he had so many people coming forth and be like oh hey you want to hang out you want to get tea you want to yes 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 absolutely and by the way if i can just throw a little mention there i absolutely love adam's adam roa's work and i recommend everybody goes and check him out he's been a big inspiration this is the kind of Mm. thing that i was saying follow those models because i think that what he's done with his breakup as well it's been very inspiring for me and i think that everybody needs to see his i think it's called the art of choosing love his Mm -hmm. whole whole concept which is the same is choose love once again like Every single time when you're about to, when you have those two, the, the devil and the angel, one on each, on each shoulder, go for the angel. And, um, and yes, I agree. Like, um, you, you will be amazed. And I wish that people knew this. Like, I remember the first uh, New Year's Eve party that I was going on my own. I was meeting people there. But it's very, it's, it's a very, uh, what's the word, eerie concept when you've been with somebody holding your arm for like 15 years to actually mm-hmm. walk into into a room by yourself it's mm. um it's a little bit intimidating um and i remember 
in my head, all these things that I was going to be like, oh my gosh, everybody's going to look at me and be like, oh, look at that. That's so sad, blah, blah, blah. And then I, I was telling my friend, like, I don't know. I don't know if I can make this, you know, I'd rather just stay at home. And, and then he said, like, do you realize that half of the people that are there are not going to look at you and go like, oh, that's so sad. They're going to look at you and go, hey, Olga is single. Who is going first? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> who's in line? Where's exactly, the line? Chart? Exactly. He really made me think like, you're absolutely right. Like people may be looking at you and go like, oh, she's available again. Yeah. Awesome. You know, and then uh, wow. you, like I started reconnecting with a lot of people and yeah, some of them I dated, some of them we stay as friends, but oh my gosh, it's been wonderful to be able to, um, especially with men, this is another thing that, um, you know, when you're in your marriage, you sort of protect the other person's, I don't know, ego by um, mm-hmm. trying to keep everything very clean with the masculine um, brothers. But um, but yeah, once you are divorced, like you you can really, I've, I've had really beautiful relationships um, after marriage just because dating doesn't have to be what we've been told. It can be so much fun. Hmm. I like that. So there's a lot of changing our mentality and realizing how the mentality influences our behaviors, our perceptions of other people's interactions with us, the outcomes of our situations. I think that everything starts with your mind. I mean, you're just going to see and you're just going to create what uh, your beliefs are. That's yeah. why um, I wrote recently as well that if you have a shitty life, it's not because you're a shitty human. It's just because you have shitty programming. Just get in there, <laughs> hack the program. I mean, that's all it is. And we were not taught how to do it. That's the sad part that uh, we get to um, grown up life. And we are rarely told how to deal with our emotions, how to do breakups, how to do really adulting. But adulting. Um, <laughs> adulting 101. But I think that nowadays we have absolutely no excuse. There are professionals everywhere. There is so much knowledge out there. I mean, yeah. just learn, learn and become a better human. That's that to me is what really matters. Not whether you have a ring on your mm-hmm. finger or not. It's like, are you working on yourself? Are you spreading the love? Then check. You're good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Amen to that. Yeah. Would you, do you encourage people to look for particular, you know, qualities or points in their process before they start dating? I do recommend, and this is, this is my one blank statement is finish your business first. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, um, really make sure that you're ready. It's, it's so tempting just to jump into the next one, just because, you know, we want that warmth, we want that sweet loving tenderness, but um, it may come at a price for you and that person that is walking into a sort of under construction um, site. You know what I mean? Like you, if you're still rebuilding, if you're still hurting, um, if your relationship is not truly completed with your ex, then I would say take, take the time. And it's again, it's another thing that it can be really beautiful travel on your own and, um, you know, spend time in nature by yourself, take up a new hobby, whatever it is that makes you reconnect with you first. And then when mm-hmm. you are feeling like, okay, I got this, then yeah, then go out there and, and do not be afraid. Do not do that whole scarcity mindset of, well, I better go out there right now and I'll hit all the dating sites and I'll, ugh. no, 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 just mm-hmm. do it naturally, organically. It's just going to happen. So tune in, tune into the feeling when it feels good. 
Exactly. When, when it feels good to you. And again, do not listen to anybody else when they tell you like, well, it's been three hours since you divorced or it's been three years. <laughs> you know, like, it's your you should get back out there. And <laughs> <laughs> Being at the divorce court already setting up your Tinder profile. Like, I don't know. Ah! <laughs> but I, I'm more of the opinion of, you know, Clean up your little mess inside your heart before you open it up to somebody else. And, and again, depending on how you've done the process, this could take years or this could take weeks. You know, it's, it's all up mm-hmm. to you. But yeah, listen to yourself. Listen to your body. You know, that, like, that's where all the wisdom and the answers are. Yeah, you really can't rush the process. You can't yeah. rush your heart healing. Oh, no. Mm. So letting it be, I I think, you know, of, of all the heartbreaks in my own life, you know, sometimes it's even a year later where it comes up and you're like, you feel the visceral reaction in your body. You're like, Oh, but I thought I was done. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) That's what they saw, what they say about um, healing is a spiral, you know, and it keeps coming around. And when you think, oh, but I already dealt with all this nonsense. And then it comes back up in your life. It's like, well, maybe there is a little more of a lesson in there. But again, like, uh, yeah, like we were talking at the beginning, just be compassionate with yourself and understand this is all just a game. So keep on playing it. Yeah, man. Keep playing. Yes. (laughs) Mm. Who, who would you suggest people look to because you were talking about these different models um who would pe- resources or models that you would suggest to our listeners i would suggest at? um read anything by brené brown um because yeah. it's a lot about vulnerability and i think that you need to get in touch with that part mm-hmm. of you because you are going to become v- really vulnerable and you're going to yeah. have to strengthen your belief in yourself so um i'm a big believer of her work um I say, I love, there is this Instagram page called the Co-Parenting Collective, and they give plenty of examples of families who are either blended or they're just doing co-parenting. And I refer a lot of my clients to them because I want them to see happy examples. Because again, like we said before, the whole children, it's one of the biggest obstacles. Uh, We didn't talk about the other big one, which is finances, but again, Mm. that's just for another episode. But um, those two will really stop people. Um, so I say, make sure that you see examples of co-parenting and talking about finances, just try and get your finances in order, like start an online business, start um, hustling, like, um, you know, and, and for that, follow any podcast by all the major um, business gurus. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll say start learning from from the best, really. <laughs> Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, and I think knowing your means and knowing your boundaries in regards to your about in finances as well. Yes, I mean, and and that's one that it may slow down the process. I think that more than emotions is the money aspect. Is the fact that if if one of them can't make it because they don't have an income and they can't live out of support or alimony, then then that's a big obstacle, and that one needs mm-hmm. more time in order to fix. It doesn't mean that. It's an impossible hurdle. It just means that you need to start working on it right now. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, so many things to think about. I know, I know. And that's what makes it so overwhelming. That's why a lot of people start thinking about it. And then they go like, you know what? Screw it. You know, if, if, the, if my partner is not beating me up, then I'm better than other people. Yeah. Um, and that to me is like, oh, no, 
no, come here, here it's hot. Hold your hand. Yes, exactly, exactly. Like here, we'll show you examples. We'll hold your hand. We'll, I mean, one of the retreats that I'm going to be doing is about how to launch your online business because I want women to start, well, women and men. I usually focus on women because that's 99% of my clientele that men. I'm there for you too. Um, but um, a lot of the women that I deal with, they didn't have an, an income. They became housewives and raised the children. And now they find themselves in a position where they don't have the financial freedom. And um, I want mm-hmm. to start being like, okay, we'll launch an online business. Like, um, mm-hmm. you know, you, I'm sure that I, I do believe that everybody has a gift. Let's, let's find that gift and let's put it out there. And uh, you'll be surprised again, like um, the, the number of women that are becoming millionaires online. It's outstanding. So mm. yeah. Just, oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Wow. Oh, I want to take your retreat now. <laughs> well, it's in our neighborhood in Bali, in Changu. So we'll talk. <laughs> oh, hey, I'll meet you over there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and you have for our listeners a free gift as well. Right. Yes, um, I think they can go to your podcast notes and they'll get mm-hmm. it. Yeah, okay, so yes. I don't have to give them the link or anything. But yeah, it's the seven steps to a drama-free divorce. And it's the basics that I tell everybody, like these are the, the bullet points, just to start mm-hmm. the process. Just if you're thinking, like we were saying, you know, like the overwhelm, let's begin to break down the process so you do not feel overwhelmed. And mm-hmm. um, if you want a drama-free divorce, these are the seven pillars for your foundation and then we can build on top of that so yeah if they want to go and grab it it's the top for grabs I, yeah I love that that's during the the contemplative stage of of change it's like okay and it, it, let's reduce some of the overwhelm here's some guidance to think on and then to dive in deeper I'll hold your hand <laughs> exactly exactly and, and knowing that it's just like any other transition in life um, it's just one step at a time the usual, you do not have to see the whole staircase, just take one step and uh, we'll be here guiding you. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I wonder, is there anything else that you'd like to leave our listeners with? Just like a little nugget for them to remember. Oh, I uh, will just like to say, um, yeah, just keep the love. That's all. Like um, find a way, whatever you choose to do. If you choose to remain in the marriage, just keep the love. If you choose to leave the marriage, just keep the love. But yeah, that's, that's my, my medicine. <laughs> I love mm-hmm. for everybody. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, yes. Yes. Wow. This was really great. I, you know, again, as a, this topic is, can be so daunting that you make it like, like this is accessible, this you can do, and it doesn't have to be so heavy and scary and, and, um, you know, hard, but there can be a lightness found exactly yeah yeah oh i'm so grateful uh i I had so much fun talking to you so thank you so much and where can everybody find you um well my website is um divorceforlove.com and then my instagram at divorceforlove um i post every day I've, i've started doing videos on my conversations with clients so again people can get a little bit of an insight and um yeah just reach to me through the dms or send me an email Amazing. Oh, well, thank you so much, Olga, for coming on today. Thank what a you pleasure. so much. This was so fun. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you. And lovers, definitely check her out. Um, she's, like I said, I've been following her for a while and I'm loving everything that comes out of her mouth <laughs> or, or out of her text. <laughs> <laughs>
So lovers, thank you again for tuning in. And if you enjoyed this show, please head to eatplaysex.com. Subscribe to the show, connect with us, grab your free guide from Olga and grab my sexy guide to help you talk about sex better. (laughs) Because my goal here is to help you to eat, play and sex better. So you can improve your sex life, your love life, your divorce life, every aspect of your life. (laughs) We'll see you next time on Eat, Play, Sex. Thanks for tuning in, lovers. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel. You can find out more about our guests and topics from our show by checking out eatplaysex.com. Until next time, don't forget to nourish your sex life.